Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media. They call it Stormy Monday But Tuesday's just as bad They call it Stormy Monday But Tuesday's just as bad Wednesday's worse and Thursday's also sad Yes, the eagle flies on Friday And Saturday I go out to play Eagle flies on Friday and Saturday I go out to play Sunday I go to church Then I kneel down and pray conversation with a dear dear friend of mine shortly after we met some 34 years ago this guy was a couple years older than i am which he still is even if he is the world's oldest teenager and is a guitar player he and i were talking and he said something to me that just hit me right between the eyes he told me he thought that the blues was boring 
as a musician, he didn't like to play the blues because it was usually the same 12-bar form over and over again, and whoever sang the song had their own formula as well. Sing a line establishing the problem, sing that line again just to really hit home that this thing really is a problem, and then sing a third line which just only makes all of your problems worse. The thing that bugged me about what he said was that I could understand what he was saying. I didn't agree with it, but at 18 years old, that was why I hadn't listened to a lot of blues up to that point. But at least I had an appreciation for the blues back then, which my buddy has found as well now that he's outgrown that 20-year-old mindset he had in 1987. Someone once said, and, and this is one of my favorite cliches, that the blues ain't nothing but a good man feeling bad. And it is pretty simple that way. But that simple form of music gave America some of its first and most enduring musical heroes. Sun House, Blind Lemon Jefferson, Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, Buddy Guy, B.B. King, Dwayne Allman, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Gary Clark Jr. They all come from the blues, as did just about every other rock song I have come to love in my entire life. To understand rock and roll, you have to understand the blues. So tonight, we're just going to listen to some of the great blues figures that either predated rock and roll or ran parallel with it as it began to grow and feast on these classic songs written by classic writers, played by classic musicians, and sung by some of the greatest voices of the 20th century. Tonight, the weekly list plays the blues. My name is Rich Larson. This is the weekly list. Well, good evening, everybody. You're listening to AM 1080 and FM 95.1 KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of the weekly list. So if things uh, maybe sound kind of empty this week, that's it's because they are. Um, we are without my co-host, Mr. Daniel G. Moyer, this week uh, because he chose to work the, uh, the final twin series of the season rather than, uh, than work down here tonight, and frankly, I don't blame him. Um, you know, baseball season can really be a fleeting thing, and you have to make the most of it while you can. And even if it is a lost season like the one that the, ones the, uh, the twins are enduring and, and you know, mercifully has ended by the time you are, you are hearing this show. Anyway. The blues. Um, I do not profess to be any sort of expert on the blues. I don't profess to be any sort of expert on anything. But like all that other music, um, I know what I like. And I know the names that I've heard my heroes talk about as their heroes. And I've, I've, I've heard them play songs written by these guys. And, and I've, I've loved them. So... 30 years ago, I started looking into this genre when my, my dear friend, who unfortunately is not in the studio tonight to defend himself, uh, but he will be next week, told me that the, uh, the blues bored him. It, it, it set me on a path. I, I, don't, I don't ever want to tell anyone that I thought the blues was boring, even if maybe I did a little. So I went looking to figure out what was it about this music. And folks, honestly, it didn't take me long. There is, there is such passion in the blues. I mean, r really, it's it's all passion. 
You can't be bored and successfully play the blues. It's just not possible. You have to be able to sing like your soul is being wrung out by the person you love and trust most in this world, or you have to be able to play like you are channeling every feeling your heart is generating through your fingertips into your guitar and out your amplifier. You can't just play the blues. You have to feel it. This is not to say uh, one must have the blues to play the blues, but it doesn't hurt. Really, I mean, who among us has has not had the blues from time to time now? Anyway, um, let's talk about that first song, uh, which was, uh, they call it Stormy Monday by Mr. T-Bone Walker. Um, T-Bone Walker is the guy who sort of, I mean, he sort of invented electric blues back in the uh, the early 1940s. He's the guy that developed what we now know today as the modern electric guitar solo. Um, Stormy Monday. I first heard Stormy Monday on, on the Allman Brothers at Fillmore East live album. And folks, I mean, that's what we're talking about here. This is this is like this is fundamental stuff. The roots of rock and roll run as deep into the blues as any other genre of music, including country and folk. And T-Bone Walker is a great example of that. He's the guy that first put the guitar up in front of his face to pretend like he was playing with his teeth. He's the guy that first threw the guitar over his head and rested it on his shoulders so he was playing it behind his back. I mean, you can draw a direct line from T-Bone Walker's showmanship to Jimi Hendrix to Prince. He's also one of the greatest and most influential guitar players of all time, right? He, he never, he, you know, never mind the, 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 the flash and the style. There was... Plenty of substance to what he was doing, too. He, here's what B.B. Here's what King said about T-Bone Walker. When I first heard T-Bone Walker, I thought Jesus himself had returned to earth playing electric guitar. T-Bone's blues filled my insides with joy and good feeling. I became his disciple. That ain't bad. Yeah, B.B. King saying that about you. That's pretty good. All right, so next up, this guy is is probably the most famous of all the original Chicago blues men. Um, now, if I say the name McKinley Morganfield, you probably wouldn't know who I was talking about. But when I tell you that we're about to play a Muddy Waters song, now, now that ought to at least ring a bell to you. It's actually a lot we have to talk about with this song. First of all, um, Muddy Waters' influence on rock music, just it, it cannot be understated. Uh, the Rolling Stones named their band after one of his songs. Rolling Stone magazine named itself after the same song. The term rock and roll is a play off that title. Um, when Muddy toured England in 1958, he ignited something in England that would set a course for music over the next 50 plus years. Uh, people like Alexis Corner heard him and uh, that, and, and there was that, that electric blues sound that they'd never really heard before in England. Alexis started a band and hired a couple of kids named Brian Jones and Mick Jagger to play and occasionally sing, which led to them forming the Rolling Stones. Peter Green heard him and formed a band that he called Fleetwood Mac. Eric Clapton heard him and vowed to devote his life to the blues, which he is actually sort of kept to. Um, Steve Winwood, Eric Burden, Jimmy Page... Greg and Dwayne Allman, Jimi Hendrix, they all spring from that muddy waters well. Um, Mud was the whole package. He played great harmonica. He played great slide guitar. He was a great songwriter. And he had the, 
that that uh, that gut bucket baritone um, that could just shake your bones. He could just sing and just you know just belt that out. And I mean, he was the kind of guy that I mean, he was the right guy at the right time. Phil and Leonard Chess built their record company around him. Uh, along with his originals, he was a guy that, that Willie Dixon used to love to write for. And we need to talk about Willie Dixon for a second. Willie isn't on this show tonight per se, but his work is well represented here. Willie was sort of the um, the house songwriter uh, and musical director for Chess Records. And if, if uh, that 20-year period between 1950 and 1970 is sort of a, uh, a golden era for the blues, then Willie's fingerprints are just, they're all over it. Um, he's the guy who wrote Hoochie Coochie Man, which is also, um, that also means he wrote the riff that has become synonymous with the blues. That's, that's Willie Dixon. Um, he wrote, I just want to make love to you. He wrote, you need love, which was completely ripped off by Led Zeppelin and only slightly rearranged it to become whole lot of love. Willie sued the band and was awarded a uh, a songwriting credit for the song. Um, I just, you know, the great part about that story is that he sued Led Zeppelin. Um, they were friends of his. He sued them, and they remained friends. <laughs> anyway, music as we know it would not be the same without Willie Dixon. Anyway, um, this is sort of an entire era wrapped up in one cl- uh, just classic song. Um, written by Willie Dixon, performed by Muddy Waters and his band, which included Little Walter on, on harmonica, uh, Jimmy Rogers on guitar, and Otis Spann on piano. This is Hoochie Coochie Man on 95.1 KYMN. The gypsy woman told my mother Before I was born you got a boy child coming. Gonna be a son of a gun. He gonna make pretty women jump in, shout. Then the world wanna know.
Only seven days Only seven months The seventh doctor said He was born for good luck And that you see I got seven hundred dollars And don't you mess with me But you know John Lee Hooker, the late, great John Lee Hooker, 
with his, um, I mean, the only word for it is pioneering. That was his pioneering song uh, from 1949, Boogie Chillin'. Um, I mean, you could just like, you can't you just hear Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top listening to that and just kind of thinking to himself, ow, 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 ow. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's just that little shuffle thing that John Lee Hooker had that, that, I mean, that, wow. Anyway, um, Hooker was born, uh, in Mississippi, um, but he ran away from home when he was 14. Uh, and he eventually, he made his way to Detroit where he recorded a demo uh, a boogie of uh, boogie chillin. He got picked up by the record company in in L.A. and, unbeknownst to him, was released as a single. Um, so while he was working as a janitor for a steel mill in East Detroit, he had a number one R and B song, the number one R and B song in the country. That 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 driving rhythm and that that just that that simple. Uh, progression is, is, is the style that, that, that John Lee Hooker is known for. And, and it's just, it's one that has served many, many rock musicians. Well, we talked about ZZ Top and, you know, the Stones have done it too. I mean, Hooker was a beloved individual with that, that deep voice and that, that, that simple style that just brought millions of people to the blues. Now, next up, honestly, I'm not 100% sure you can call this woman a blues musician, but but Sister Rosetta Tharp belongs in this show. Uh, they call her the godmother of rock and roll, and, and many have said that, that she became the first rock star in the 1930s. Rosetta Tharp was a straight-up virtuoso who played a style of music that I, I still can't quite put my finger on. Uh, it was It was gospel for sure. But the way she would play that guitar was decidedly not gospel. Uh, she used distortion or what, what passed for distortion back then. And, and, you know, she had some really heavy rhythms. And honestly, I'm not sure that T-Bone Walker didn't steal a few moves from, uh, from Sister Rosetta Tharp. Johnny Cash called her uh, his favorite singer. All those Sun Records guys, Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and Carl Perkins and Cash... They all loved Rosetta Tharp. And, and she was the person that uh, took the melody of gospel and combined it with the music being played in the blues and, you know, in the 1940s in those clubs um, and essentially created a prototype for rock and roll. In 1947, she heard a 15-year-old boy uh, named Richard Pennyman just singing outside of a concert hall uh, where she was about to play. So she invited him on stage to sing. And then after the show, she gave him 20 bucks. He was so inspired after making his first appearance on stage that he decided to become a professional musician and renamed himself Little Richard. Here's Sister Rosetta Tharp with Didn't It Rain, a 95.1 KYMN.
sunny night There was no land nowhere in sight God sent a raven to bring the news He hushed his wings and away he flew Just I said it rain, you know it rain Oh, hot rain, rain too long Now it rain, rain all day
That children was a man named Otis Rush. Um, Otis was was part of that second wave of Chicago blues guys uh, with with like Elmore James and, and Buddy Guy, and uh, these were the guys who came up behind Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and Willie Dixon. And, and to me, a guy like Otis Rush is the, is the missing link between Muddy Waters and someone like like Dwayne Allman or Eric Clapton. Um, he played what what he called West's West Side uh, uh, Chicago blues. Um, his playing was a, it was a little flashier and a little heavier than a guy like Muddy, and I think Otis um, is probably remembered as much for his voice as he is for his guitar. Where you know the, uh, that classic blues voice is rough and growly and, and usually, but you know, not always, kind of deep. Uh, Otis's voice was was smooth, man, and and with that sweet vibrato and the kind of phrasing that it's, I mean, more associated with a Motown singer than, than, than a blues man. Um, Otis Rush, he was, he was one of a kind. Next up, we have a, another smooth singing blues man from that, that same generation, uh, that, that second generation group. But, uh, this guy was never a Chicago blues man. Uh, Albert King is probably best remembered for being a part of a, uh, St. Louis music scene that included Chuck Berry, uh, Ike Turner's band, the Kings of Rhythm. Um, and then uh, uh, for signing with Stax Records, where he made uh, some of his best known recordings, including uh, the song we're about to hear. Albert King was a guy um, who would work a little more melody into his music and incorporate some elements of, of a little soul, a little R&B. Um, which is why he worked so well at Stacks. He was a big man with a sweet voice, uh, and they used to call him the Velvet Bulldozer. He uh, he he played okay. He played a flying V guitar, which is a really stupid looking instrument. Um, it's sort of shaped like an arrow with a big V shape in the the body of the guitar, and um, I I just I think they're ugly as sin. And I've said this many times before. I've said it at least twice on this show before. Albert King is the only man who ever made the Flying V guitar look good. Here he is uh, playing a song written for him by one of Stacks uh, Records resident geniuses, Booker T. Jones, uh, and a song that has been covered by everybody from from Cream to, to Robin Ford. 
This is Albert King with Born Under a Bad Sign on 95.1 KYMN. The Flying You know I wouldn't have no luck at all Hard luck and trouble Been my only friend I've been on my own Ever since I was ten Born on a bad side Been down since I began to call If it wasn't for Thank you. 
So that was uh, that was Robert Johnson right there. That was uh, that was the king of the Delta Blues from uh, either 1936 or 1937. I'm not not really sure. With uh, preaching blues, up jumped the devil. The thing about doing a show like this is, I mean, it's it's so fun because there's just so much to talk about. But at the same time, I mean, it's almost impossible to do the show right because there's just so much to talk about. The Legend of Robert Johnson. We, we could do two shows just on Robert Johnson. And, uh, here it is in a nutshell. Robert Johnson was born in 1911 in Hazelhurst, Mississippi. If Abraham Lincoln didn't invent and perfect the American ideal of being born poor and making something of yourself, then Robert Johnson did. Growing up, he moved up and down the Mississippi Delta, uh, you know, being shuffled between his father's house in Memphis and then living with his mom in Arkansas or Louisiana or Mississippi when she had money to take care of him. He was a smart guy with, with long, thin fingers and strong hands. Perfect, perfect for a guitar player. By 1928 or 1929, he was working as a full-time musician. Son House, a blues legend in his own right, I mean, one of the very first blues legends, um, uh, said when he first met Johnson, the guy was an adequate harmonica player, but just could not play guitar very well at all. And then one day, Robert Johnson disappeared. Six months later, he showed up again at, at a club where uh, House was playing. Robert asked if he could come up and, and play a song and, and blew Son House off of the stage. In a very short amount of time, Robert Johnson had developed from a nobody to one of the best anyone had ever seen. Now, his secret, of course, was that he had sold his soul to the devil. Legend has it, one night Johnson went to the crossroads of Highway 61 and Highway 49 in Clarksdale, Mississippi, where he began to play his guitar. At midnight, he was approached by a stranger who offered to tune his guitar. Johnson handed it to him. The stranger got the tuning right, and he gave it back to him. And, and, it was, and, and that, was, that was it. Johnson could suddenly play as well as anybody in the world. 
The stranger was Satan himself, and the tuning of the instrument was the agreement the two made. Johnson would become the world's greatest blues man, and when he died, the devil got his soul. Nine years after that fateful night, Johnson was, was murdered um, by the, uh, the, the jealous husband of a woman with whom Johnson had been having an affair. Now, Robert Johnson's talent is undeniable. Um, but he, he didn't receive much notoriety when he was alive. His, his full body of recorded work is exactly 29 songs uh, recorded over two sessions in New York City in late 1936 and early 1937. So when he died, he became largely forgotten until Muddy Waters toured England and, and got all those British kids all worked up. And they went looking for whatever blues albums they could find. And pretty soon, the compilation of his work, King of the Delta Blues, was required reading for all of these guys. I've told this story before on this show, but but the first time Keith Richards heard Robert Johnson was when Brian Johnson played him, uh, King of the Delta Blues. So, you know, uh, Keith is sitting there, and uh, and he's listening, and he asks Jones who it was, and, 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 and Jones said, I, I just told you, that this is Robert Johnson. And Keith just said, yeah, but who's the guy playing with him? I mean, Keith just couldn't believe that one guy could be that talented. Hey, man. Hi, this is Rich Larson from 95.1 KYMN-FM in Northfield, Minnesota. You're live on the air on the weekly list. Well, good, dude. I mean, how's it going so far? <laughs> um, it's weird. Like, it, it, it feels like the old days, and the old days were, were fun, but it's not as good as the new days. Well, I... You know what could be better than the new day? <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, <it> just, <laughs> yeah. are, are we are, are we are we are we done with this 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 baseball foolishness now? Well, no, I got one more game. Um, so far, we're you know Jorge Polanco just hit a three-run home run. I saw now, that. The great thing is, is this is going to air on Thursday, so I'm not spoiling it for anybody <laughs> except for maybe you, which is, no, I'm I, fine I, with that. I knew. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> You know, Jorge's got two yeah. more. Jorge's got two more games to hit seven more home runs and 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 get to forty. Why well, no? He's having a good year. Oh, you know, if if the Twins were winning, Jorge Polanco would be in consideration for uh, American League MVP. He's pretty serious. Yeah. I like the guy. He's the real thing. Anyway, yeah, anyway, he's the real thing. So that was Robert yeah, Johnson. I, you know, I, I, I just, I'm, I'm just doing my thing, man. I, I miss you. I mean, it's just yeah, not, it's, it's, it's not it's, as much it fun. I'll tell you that much. It's, it's surely not it's as much fun for a while. You know, I, I got to get the monkey off my back. I know. So I know. I think I know. this season's kind of done. <laughs> 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 Put yeah. it in the closet for a bit. Right. So where are you in the show? I mean, tonight, this is all the blues thing. So I'm desperately curious because I'm like, all right. This this is kind of one of my things. The Delta, uh, Mississippi Delta, and that whole area is just tremendous. We were just talking. In fact, most of the show uh, this to this point, and most of the show moving forward has been mostly the uh, Chicago Blues. Uh, but we were just talking about the King of the Delta Blues himself, Mister Robert Johnson, Young Bob. Really? Okay. Yeah. What 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 did what did you play from uh, from? Uh, the cursed soul of Mr. Johnson. Preaching blues in parentheses up jumped the devil. Okay. That's, that's a great song, man. It, it's it a is, great song. And I'm, I'm not going to, 
but seriously, you didn't go with like stones in my pathway or pathway or really terraplane, terraplane blues was actually his hit and you were always kind of like he never had a hit he never dude what are you talking about it was a regional hit man he 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 was he was the van he was the van gogh of the blues he never made a dime from any of his recordings ever he didn't no one even knew who he was until uh, until like the british invasion kids started listening to king of the delta blues yeah but the thing about it was is if he had jukebox hits that was what was considered a hit. It wasn't like he got money from it. What a jukebox hit did is that allowed him to draw people to see him, and that's where he got his money, man. That's how the the acoustic Delta Blues made its money, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, never mind, never mind Terraplane Blues. Okay, why didn't you play Crossroads Blues? I mean, that tells the whole story of, you know, he sold his soul to Mr. Scratch and all that kind of yeah, stuff, you know? Yeah, he did. He did. 61 and 49, right there in Clarksdale. Well, you, first of all, I make I make no apologies for 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 my set list here, and you know if you're if you're so if you're so if you're, if you're so worried about it, come on down here and change things, honey. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there next week, I, Richard. I, We're going to talk. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I um no no, dude. I mean, you go, go you go home, or or you know you're in your car, so pull out your iPod, and you pull up. Uh, preaching blues. You listen to how he's playing that song, man. No, he is. He is feeling that song. Thirty-eight songs that were recorded. Twenty-nine. There were twenty-nine. Twenty-nine songs. Yeah, twenty-nine songs. Well, there's some extra takes though. There's twenty-nine different songs, but there's a couple extra takes because if you get the complete, right, it's right. like all thirty-eight recorded. Right, 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 right. Twenty-nine okay. separate songs. Anyhow, Robert Johnson is one of those guys that you don't have. Any of the British music that you that's come about, you don't have so much music because if, if it weren't for Robert Johnson, you don't have a, any of this stuff that it was all recorded in the first place. It's all it, it, it's all based on skiffle. If you don't yeah. have, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, you know, Rich, I'm I'm just giving you grief because that's what I I I missed that thing for this week and last week. You and I were so agreeable. It's yeah, not even it was, it was a little weird last week. Uh, so, he, no, I mean. Up jump the devil. That's that's a great choice too. So thank I'm just, you. Yeah. Well, here's something that will uh, make you feel really unagreeable. Okay, good. Time now for the weekly list haiku corner, brought to you by Imminent Brewing, a truly poetic brewery. Here is your host, Haiku Rich. Did you, could you hear Seriously, that? Seriously, dude. Could you hear that? You, you cut me off. For, well, it's time for Haiku Corner. You cut me off. You ready? We yeah. have we have we have six of them again today, and I I, I gotta tell you, these aren't uh, like these just barely pass muster, and it's and it's, it's because <laughs> like you're my audience, right? I didn't realize that I was going to be reading these to you, and 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 like. You're my muse, and 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 I just I just these aren't, but we're gonna roll with it anyway. Here we go. Wait, if I'm your muse, do I have to wear the outfit then? You know, I prefer. We're not just not even gonna go there. Well, this is why it's good that this is radio and it's not a visual medium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Moving okay, forward. Moving on. Go ahead. Give me number one. Came from the Delta. Went up north to Chicago. It made a sweet home. Nice. 
Nice. Sweet home Chicago. Okay. Got it. Just sing the first verse. Then sing the first verse again. Then it all falls apart. <laughs> okay. Chester. Number three. Okay. Chester Burnett and McKinley Morgan. Oh, man, I screwed that up. I screwed yeah, that up. Come on. Okay, here we go. Chester Burnett and McKinley Morganfield were Chi Town Miracles. Ooh. Yeah. Chester Burnett, Very nice, better known as Howlin' Wolf. McKinley yeah. Morganfield, better known as Muddy Waters. Yeah. That was subtle. That was nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, clever. Okay, here we go. Oh, Coco Taylor. What a voice. Power. What soul. Lady sings the blues. Yeah. Mm. Hey, you know, I saw Coco Taylor. Did you really? Did you you really? My my freshman year, I think she sang Arbstock. You got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. Coco Taylor played Arbstock. Yeah. Pretty sure. Wow. I think I'm talking like spring of 86. Wow. Well, we're going to hear from Coco Taylor later in the show. So Nice. Good deal. Yeah, Good okay. deal. All right. Your name is T-Bone? Yeah, my name is T-Bone. So, your name is Elmore. <laughs> that was the worst of, of the bunch right there. That's not good at all. <laughs> you got Elmore James in there. Oh, it's good. All right. And this one, this one is heartfelt and honest and true. Okay. Buddy Guy told me he's keeping the blues alive. Keeper of the flame. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And you got to talk to the guy, right? I did. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Oh, great. My, what a delight. This has been Haiku Corner. Thank you, Eminent. All right. All right. Well, I'm gonna let. I, I love Wendy. I know you do. Does that really work with the blues? <laughs> Absolutely, it does. Completely, one hundred percent. Okay, man. All right. I'm going to let you go, brother. Thanks for jumping yeah, in. Hey. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry I wasn't there this week, Rich. I'm looking forward to next week and us getting back to normal with this. I cannot wait to hear the show in all seriousness. Um, I don't want to know what you're playing for B.B. King, and you better have B.B. in on this, and I'm really looking forward to it tomorrow and listening to it, and I hope that all the listeners are really digging on this as well because this is fun. This is great. Uh, you're far too kind, as usual. Ah. All right. Well, I love you, man. I'll I love you, too. Next week. All right, dude. We'll see you later. All right. Cheers. Bye. Daniel G. Moyer, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Daniel G. Moyer making a little appearance here in the weekly list. All right. We, uh, we want to thank Laura and Derek Myers for making the weekly list possible every week by sponsoring the show and for being, you know, great people. Okay, so we always start these uh, these commercials by talking about what's happening with any COVID restrictions, and I, and I know you're sick of hearing about it because I sure am tired of talking about it. And and you know, there's a school of thought out there that this uh, this Delta variant thing might be peaking, maybe. And 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 I 
sure hope so. But but it, it's still out there, right? And and it, I, th- I think we're going to be just dealing with this for a while. And Imminent Brewing believes in social responsibility. So if you have been vaccinated, you are not required to wear a mask, but it is strongly encouraged. If you have not been vaccinated, well, you're not going to be required to wear a mask, but it is still strongly encouraged. I, I am fully vaccinated, but I continue to wear a mask behind the bar because I know I can still contract the virus and I can spread it, and I do not want to make anyone sick. It's that simple. It's something everyone else should think about, too. Here ends the lesson. Um, there is live music this week at Eminent Brewing. The uh, last week, we, we brought you the glorious return of Fred the Bear. This week, we bring you the glorious return of Matt Arthur and the Bratlanders playing their, their, uh, their own particular brand of uh, garage gospel Americana. It's just, they, they, these guys are, just, they're, they're, they're awesome. I <laughs> love these guys. Anyway, um, Dragon Squirrel IPA, Cannon River Pale Ale, Prairie Creek Porter, Lil R&R, R&R stands for Raspberry Rhubarb, Honey Basil Ale, Question Mark Hill Wheat, Oktoberfest, Double Agent J, Double IPA, all on tap right now. Food trucks this week, uh, the Brick Oven Bus is, is uh, tomorrow on Friday, Potter's Pasties is Saturday, and Uncle B's Last Chance Barbecue Shack is on Sunday. Eminent Brewing is open 4 to 9 on Thursdays. Uh, and four to nine on Fridays, two to nine on Saturdays, and two to seven on Sundays. And as Laura always tells the staff, take good care of yourself and each other. Okay, I was just uh, I was just referencing uh, this next guy uh, in in the uh, the haikus. This is uh, this is someone I have I've jokingly referred to in the past as as my best friend. No, I I don't really claim to be friends with buddy guy okay in fact i've never met the man face to face um but he did give me the best 10 minutes of my professional career all right eight or nine years ago um right around there i was running a magazine called southern men's scene uh for a company called huckle media um I was working out of the Northfield News Building. It was it was an arts, entertainment, and, and lifestyle magazine. Magazine, and you know, with me in charge, um, we just sort of naturally would gravitate toward covering a lot of music. Dan Daniel G. Moyer was my uh, music columnist for a while, and he he also wrote reviews uh, for that for that magazine. He might actually, well, he I, I kind of think the magazine went under with the pandemic, but right up until when our Danny was still writing reviews um um anyway um buddy guy was scheduled to play at the better stone amphitheater in mankato and i thought why not try to get an interview with him and and, you know write a little story about him leading up to the show so did a little investigating uh sent an email to his publicist and and when she didn't get back to me after a couple of days i sent her another one and and then i forgot about it and a week later, I got an email that said if I was still interested, Buddy was willing to give me about 10 minutes the following morning. Now, I'd, I honestly, I had dreamed uh, of interviewing a legend like Buddy Guy. Never in my wildest dreams did I, <laughs> did I think it would be at 8 o'clock in the morning while he was driving across Nebraska. Uh, but there, there it was. And for 10 minutes, for 10 
glorious minutes, I got to talk to Buddy Guy um, about the responsibility he feels to keep the blues alive. Um, B.B. King had not passed away yet, but Bobby Blue Bland had passed away recently, and, and, and Buddy was... But he was starting to feel like he was uh, going to be the last man standing, which he kind of is now. Um, and so he, he, he talked a lot about the, uh, the responsibility he feels to play and to tour and to mentor young musicians. And then he invited me to the show and, and to have a drink with him afterwards. So I went and um, it was an outdoor show and it poured rain, just poured rain that night. Um, the show was rained out, Buddy never got off the bus, I never got to meet him. But somewhere, floating around the internet, is an interview with Buddy Guy with my name on the byline, baby. I may never get to write for Rolling Stone, but I have that. Here is my dear friend Buddy Guy on 95.1, The One.
Smith with Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out. Um, Bessie Smith was a, she was known as the Empress of the Blues. Coco Taylor was the Queen of the Blues. Bessie Smith was the Empress. She was big and body and 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 uh, the highest paid entertainer of the 1920s. Um, which, when you think about the the value they put on entertainment those days, that's that's really saying something. Um, her voice paved the way. 
for all those big voiced divas like Sarah Vaughn and Etta James and Aretha Franklin. Um, and her style was, was a, a highly progressive uh, mix of, of sexual independence and liberation. Um, and it, it set the template for people like Janis Joplin and, you know, Madonna and Beyonce. There's a great movie about Bessie Smith uh, starring Queen Latifah on HBO. You should go watch it. So this next song, I mean, it's, t- it's tough to know. It's tough to know where to start with this. Um, okay. Little Walter. Uh, Little Walter was, was a kid from Louisiana. <laughs> Little Walter was a kid from Louisiana who uh, just kind of showed up in Chicago one day and started playing sessions uh, first as a guitar player. But then when people heard him play his harmonica, they were like, oh, we got to get him. And they started to get more and more work. He was just he was just a natural on the harp. Um, but once he started doing doing those sessions, he, he would he would get frustrated um, because the electric guitars were draw, drowning out his his uh, his harmonica. Um, so he grabbed a handheld mic and he cupped it in his hands and he, he put the harp right on top of it. And then he, and he plugged the mic into an amplifier. Now, he was not the first to do that. You know, like like um, Elwood Blue style, right? That's that's what we're talking about here. Little Walter wasn't the first guy to do it, but he was the guy who turned that technique into an art form. Um, he started processing his mic through uh, through an amp and 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 causing it to distort. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not because a lot of people get credit for this, but um, I've read more than once, man. Uh, people say Little Walter, uh, Marion Walter Jacobs was the first guy uh, to purposefully use electric distortion in his music. Um, and the song we're going to hear is one of my two favorite blues songs, period. I mean, re- and really, I mean, both of the, both of the songs, they're, they're like, they're in the top 25 of all time. And um, this is a song that was written, well, we think it was written, by uh, Big Bill Brunzi, uh, Big Bill Brunzi. Uh, but I, I know this song from the Derek of the Dominoes album, Layla, and other assorted love songs. And this song is a great example of why I feel um, so, I, I don't know, what's the word? Indebted? Grateful? Kind of like Buddy. I, I, I feel like someone needs to be a steward of this music because what we're listening to tonight is the stuff that inspired all of my favorite musicians. Uh, just real quick, uh, the band that's playing on this song is the same band that, that, that played on, on Hoochie Coochie Man, so that's actually Muddy Waters on the, on the slide guitar, playing with Jimmy Rogers, and Otis Band on piano. Uh, but this is Little Walter singing Key to the Highway, a 95.1 KYMN. Nothing but draw. 
good man away from home Give me one more kiss, mama This time, girl, I won't be back no
that was Elmore James with Dust My Broom. Uh, if you're wondering what what it means to um, to dust one's broom, um, well, uh, maybe 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 just Google it. But uh, before you do that, make sure you're like your 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 antivirus and anti malware software is up to date. Okay, okay. Uh, Elmore James is uh, considered to be the king of the slide guitar, and he had real influence on, on guys like John Mayall and especially Brian Jones, who literally studied Elmore and, and learned every one of his ideas and uh, every one of his licks. And when Keith Richards uh, met Brian Jones, he was going by the name Elmo because uh, he wanted to sound more like Elmore. A little earlier in the show, we discussed... Chester Burnett. Um, well, if you don't know who he was, well, you still might not have heard of him, but but he was also known as Howlin' Wolf. And the wolf, I, I mean, the wolf is a, he's a titan in the pantheon of the blues, man. I mean, he's, he was a big man. He was 6'3", barrel-chested, like what, at least 300 pounds. He had huge hands. There's, there's a video on YouTube of the wolf singing um, on a TV show that the, the, the Rolling Stones had invited him onto, and um, he's singing a song called How Many More Years, and he sticks his finger out, and, and he points it at the, you know, the, the imaginary person he's, he's singing to, right? And, and that finger, I mean, it looks like a cigar. It's, it's just huge. Um, there was this guy, uh, Cub Coda, who was a, a music writer who specialized in, in writing about the blues, and he uh, he said about Howlin' Wolf, um, no one could match Howlin' Wolf for the singular ability to rock the house down to the foundation while simultaneously scaring its patrons out of its wits. That's, that's Howlin' Wolf right there, man. Here's Howlin' Wolf with Smokestack Lightning. A 95.1 KYMN, the one. Let's 
Ladies and gentlemen, that was the aforementioned Coco Taylor. Coco was singing, I'd rather go blind. Coco, um, Coco was not the first lady of chess records. That, that uh, title would probably belong to Etta James. Um, but Coco was something different. She, she didn't need to be the first lady. And with that voice, I mean, she could bring down a brick building. <laughs> with the power in her voice. And I think it's, I mean, it takes a lot when you're on the same label as Etta James uh, and you're going to see her quite a bit to take on a song like I'd Rather Go Blind, which is one of Etta's signature songs and, you know, kick the crap out of it. That's not bad. And actually, this wasn't, uh, this was much later after uh, she was no longer Coco was no longer on on uh, Chess Records. We talked about Bessie Smith paving the way for all those big voice divas, 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 divas. It's getting late, folks. Uh, Coco came right down that path and then just kicked the doors in at Chess Records, and and then when things at Chess went south, she signed with Alligator Records, who really understood how to market her, and uh, she had even more success uh, in the latter stages of her career. That song, uh, I'd Rather Go Blind, was from her Heart of a Woman album that she recorded for Alligator Records in 1981. Well, folks, that's just going to about do it for this here edition of the Weekly List. If you like the show, uh, there's many ways you can uh, you can listen to us. You can uh, you can stream us right off the KYMN Radio uh, website, kymnradio.net. Go find our program page under the weekend week, week weekend the weekly list where I have all the uh, old shows archived. Um, you can podcast us by looking for the KYMN Radio podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and then it's delivered to you as soon as it's available, which is generally right around uh it's by seven o'clock on, on on thursday night um or you can uh find us on facebook uh where i post uh, under the weekly list where i post every new show every friday morning and as long as you're on facebook you should go like the kymn radio facebook page and you should also go like the uh the imminent brewing page all right we got one more um and I think a lot of you can probably figure out who's, who's, who's coming next. Uh, uh, we're going to end the show with the inspiration for the show. I meant to do this show two weeks ago, um, the last time Danny was gone. Uh, but I, I just I ran out of time. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to do it on September 16th because that was B.B. King's birthday. Uh, he would have been 96 years old on, on, on September 16th. He was the king. He, he was one of the great kings of the blues. I mean, there was B.B. King, there was Albert King, there was Freddie King. We didn't get any Freddie King on this show, and I, I apologize for that. But, um, but he was one of those just great kings of the blues, man. Um, he was a giant man with that huge belly and that almost impossible vibrato he would get on his guitar with those long fingers that could just bend and squeeze he was a marvel and, and and that guitar that that gibson that he called lucille um the legend is that he was he was playing at a juke joint in arkansas one night and there was a metal drum uh in, in the middle of the the dance floor with a fire going in it well, two guys got into a fight and they knocked over the drum and started started the building on fire uh bb ran out of the building 
realized he'd be, he'd forgotten his guitar and ran back in to get it. Um, he found out later that the two guys were, were fighting over a woman named Lucille. So he named his guitar Lucille to remind himself never to fight over a woman and never to run into a burning building. I was saying earlier that uh, the key to the highway is, is one of my favorite uh, blues songs. The other is this one. B.B. Uh, King recorded The Thrill is Gone in June of 1969, which also happens to be the exact month I was born. Um, I like to think that he recorded the song on my birthday as a birthday present uh, that I wouldn't pick up until the mid-80s. But I got there, B.B. Thanks, man. And thanks to all of you for listening. Danny will be back next week, and uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Peace.
Jessica Paxton here, host of All Wheel Drive, weekdays 3 until 7 p.m. on 95 The One, featuring an eclectic mix of great music, live in-studio performances, and keeping you posted about cool gigs around town. Don't miss All Wheel Drive on 95.1 The One. Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN radio podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety. 